this scripture, the, the context of it uh, is Jesus is uh, talking about the kingdom of God and its humble, small beginnings under the new covenant. He's letting his disciples know, he's letting the people know that uh, it's, it seems so small and insignificant at this point in time because it's just now beginning. But it starts out as the size of a mustard seed. And he says when it is sown, it begins to grow, and then all of a sudden it becomes the greatest out of all the other plants in the garden. And as I was praying over this message this week, I, I discovered and realized that there is a common theme throughout Scripture. You see it throughout the Bible. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9 talks about it. The book of Galatians talks about it. It talks about sowing and reaping. And, and there's a lot of agricultural terminology uh, throughout the Scriptures that Christ used to uh, explain and make examples of things. And one of the, the prominent ones is this idea of sowing and reaping. But when you sow something, you always sow a seed. And, and I want to talk to you today about the power of a seed because I've found a lot of times in life we have been handed handfuls of seeds. We've been handed a, maybe even a single seed and we don't really understand the potential that is within it. And, and I want us to start out with talking about it in this regard. How many of you have ever prayed for something, and you were praying for a tree, but all you got was a seed? Has that ever happened to anybody before? You were praying, Lord, give me a tree, give me a garden, give me something blooming with fruit, give me something grand and, and wonderful, and he says, here you go, and it's seeds. Something I have learned is that a lot of times God doesn't always give us the full tree or the full garden or the full plant. A lot of times he gives us a seed and he says, steward it. An example of this can be found back in uh, the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 16. Uh, the, the Israelites have been freed from uh, captivity and they're wandering around and they start to get frustrated about their food situation and they go and they complain to Moses and say, Moses, listen, we're kind of tired of all this situation. Can we get some bread? Can we get uh, something to eat of some substance here? Change it up, change our appetite. And, and, and Moses says, all right, well, I'll talk to God about it. And God comes back and says, all right, I'm going to answer this prayer for you. It says, tell them to go to sleep. When they wake up in the morning, they're going to find what we read to be manna on the ground and tell them to go collect it up, take it just what they need back into their tents, and that's what they use for the day, and the next day there'll be more. Anybody remember the story in the Bible? And so when we come to Exodus 16, verse 31, we find something really interesting here. It says, now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafer made with honey. I'll back it up. It was like coriander seed. What they found out there, we, we know manna to be bread, but if you study the Hebrew of the meaning of the word manna, manna doesn't mean bread. Manna is a question, and the question is, what is it? They walked outside, they saw this stuff that just looked like white seed all over the ground, and they said to themselves, what is this? Well, that's, that's not what we were expecting when we asked God for bread. 
what they found was a bunch of seed on the ground. And what they had to do is they had to take this seed back to their tents. They had to grind it up into a flour, mix it up with water and whatever else, and turn it into bread by baking it. They didn't just get loaves of bread or chunks of bread all over the ground. They got what they needed to start making the bread. I've learned that oftentimes when you pray for something in your life, God gives you the tools and the instructions, but expects you to do the work. He gives you the seed. He gives you the place to plant the seed. But your job is to sow the seed and steward the seed so that it would grow back. In fact, actually God even says in Exodus 16, I'm going to give this manna and it's going to be a test for my people to see if they will obey my commandment. In other words, I gave them very straightforward directions on what to do with all of this seed, all of this manna. And I want to see if they're actually going to obey it. In other words, he was testing them in their stewardship. How, how will they handle the seed that I've given them? What will they do with it? And he's asking us the same question today. You see, I found, like I mentioned, a lot of the times prayer is answered with tools, instructions, and the raw ingredients. And God says, here's all the stuff that you need, but I need you to take the step of faith to sow the seed, to work the ground, to water the seed, to take care of it. He says, and if you do all of that, I'll bring forth growth out of that seed. See, the problem is, is, Many times we get handed seed and we don't take care of it the way we should take care of it. We don't steward it the way God intended us to steward it. And sometimes we get handed seed that gets mixed in with the good seed that we should have discerned out and not planted. I'll tell you what, if you know anything, if, has anybody ever planted a garden or planted anything before? All right, then you understand that not all seeds are created equal. If you want to grow tomatoes, you don't plant cucumbers. If you want to grow peppers, you don't plant tomatoes. You have to understand the differences in the seed. If I just take any old seed and throw it in the ground, not understanding what I'm planting, I could grow something that I do not want to grow. And what I have learned is that there's seed that comes from other areas of life. Yes, God gives us seed as well, but also I found that we have opportunity to sow seeds in areas of life that we are not intended to sow. There's seeds of bitterness. There's seeds of wrath. Actually, uh, James even talks about planting of seed in the form of sin. He says, sin, it starts out when it is conceived. It is such a small little thing, and it grows. It started as a seed of a thought, of an evil desire that was within you that led to temptation, that led to acting on the temptation of sin, and it grew and became a weed that kills you. There are seeds that we should not be planting. There are seeds of gossip 
There are seeds of division. There are seeds of strife. There are seeds of destruction. And we have to be able to discern what type of seed we are planting to begin with. Because what you plant, rest assured, it will grow, and you may not want it to grow. That's why uh, Galatians tells us that when you sow to the Spirit, you reap from the Spirit. And if you sow to the flesh, you reap from the flesh. And what happens when you reap from the flesh? It brings forth destruction. When you reap from the Spirit, it brings forth righteousness and just living. It matters what you sow and where you sow it to. If we want things to grow in our life, if we want to see God work, if we want to see things happen, we have to understand that uh, most of the time he will answer our prayers with a seed and we have a responsibility to do something with it. There are a few different ways that you could handle the seed. Some, one of them is right, the rest are wrong. One of the first ways you can handle a seed is you can just take the seed and eat it as it is. See, the Israelites, they could have just scooped all that manna up, all those coriander white seeds up, and just ate them as they were, and just thought that that was all there was to be with those seeds. If they didn't understand God's intention for what to do with those materials, they very well could have just ate seeds as is. But because they had the instructions to go along with it, they knew that that's not what was intended with it. So it's important for us to understand what God intends us to do with the seed so that we don't just eat it for ourselves. See, when you just take and eat the seed for yourself, number one, you're really just getting it in its smallest form or smallest potential. You see, some of us have been given seeds and gifts to be used for the kingdom of God. Excuse me. And we decide to use them for selfish use, to please ourselves, to care for ourselves, to just make ourselves happy, to never let it go outside of our own self. And we, when we do that, we never see it grow and become what it could totally be. And the reality is, is there's going to be a lack of satisfaction. You see, when they prayed for bread, if they would have just eaten the seed, they would have never had the satisfaction that the bread would have brought. Because they would have just settled for the seed, not understanding what God was trying to do with the seed. He gave them the seed so they could make the bread. But if we take the seed and we think that that's all it is, is just a seed, and we just consume it as is, we, we miss out on the full satisfaction of what God is trying to do with the seed. Are y'all following with me this morning? There are things that God has given you in your life that he intends for you to do more with than just consume it for yourself. There is so much contained within a seed and so much purpose within the seed. And if we just eat it for ourselves, it will never be more than what it was in that seed form. 
It will never reach its full potential. It will never do what it was intended to do, which was blossom into a tree, which with branches so great and long where birds would come and find refuge in this tree. I've found something out in my life, and it's that when God gives you a gift or a talent or an ability or a resource, it's not intended for just you. God intends us to take what he's given us and sow it in a way that it grows and blesses the kingdom. Yes, he's talking about in Mark chapter 4 the gospel message growing into a mighty tree, the kingdom growing, and people coming and finding refuge in the kingdom, but this principle is applied to all areas of our life. If God has blessed you with the ability to sing and worship. He's not blessed you with it for you to just sing and worship in the shower. He's done it so that you can lead others in worship and be a part of leading others in worship so that people can find refuge in the branches of worship. If he's given you the ability to teach the Word of God, he's not done it for you just to have really good Bible studies by yourself. He's given that gift to you so that you can share what God puts in your heart and what you find in Scripture with the rest of you, with the rest of the people around you, that they can come and find refuge within the branches of that tree. What God has given you is not intended for you just to use for yourself. If God has blessed you with great wealth and great finances, and he intends for you to use that to bless others around you. I would not be a good multimillionaire because my temptation would be to just use it all for myself. When what God would be intending is to use it to bless others. I wish I could sing, but I can't. Sometimes I like to think I can, but that's not a seed God has given me. And therefore, I need to rely on somebody else to do the singing to lead the worship on a Sunday morning. These seeds are intended to be part of something bigger than yourself. In 1 Corinthians, the Bible talks about there are many parts of the body, all have their unique functions, but the body doesn't function unless all of those things are functioning the way they're supposed to function. Your seed is not for you. It is for God's kingdom. The other problem, the problem way of using the seed is some people will just take the seed and hide it and store it for the right moment or the right opportunity. Or at least that's what we tell ourselves. We take the seed God's given us and we put it in a storage room. We put it somewhere to set and say, well, I'll get around to it. I'll, uh, eventually I'll sow it. I just don't feel like it's the right season for that. I don't feel like my time to sow that seed is now. And what ends up happening is we end up never using it. It just stays in storage forever and we never plant it. Has anybody ever put something in storage and totally forgot you even had it and then you uh, went and bought something 
the exact same thing to use because you needed it now, and you had to go to the store. You, you had a screwdriver that you put in storage. You forgot you had it, and so you went and bought another one because now you needed it. Has that ever happened to somebody before? I, it's happened to me where I've been like, I already had one of those, and here I am buying another one because I put it away in a place where it would be hidden and be stored and forgot all about it because it wasn't being used. It is the same principle with the seeds. We have stuff that we have hidden away that we aren't using that God has intended us to use. See, at least if you're eating it, at least you're using it for yourself. Not that that's much better, but at least it's being used. And I would hope that it's being used to bring glory to God. The the third thing that people do that is the wrong way to deal with the seed is we discard it. We pray for a tree, God gives us a seed, and we say, this isn't what I prayed for, so this must not be the answer, and we throw it away. And then we wonder why the tree never grew, why God never answered the prayer. It's because he gave you the answer, you just threw it away because you could not recognize that it was just in seed form. That what God gave you was for you to steward and let grow in your life so that you could grow as well. But we look at what God gives us and we say, that's just not good enough. Or we say, I'm not good enough. We say, I'm not the greatest speaker, I'm not the greatest singer, and I'm not... Listen, there, there are some people in this world that it really is just for you in the shower to sing to the Lord. It's really not meant for everybody else to hear. There are some people that really, it's not your gift to get up in front of people and talk. And that's okay. But don't ever look at what God did give you, compare it to what he didn't give you, and say this isn't good enough and throw what he did give you away. We will compare seeds. We will say what God gave that person isn't what he gave me, and, I, and therefore it's just not good enough, and I'm not satisfied with it, and so I'm just going to throw what I do have away. And you know what happens? The body of Christ misses out on the blessing of the gift that you did have. The tree that was intended to grow in the kingdom of God will not grow because you did not plant the seed and steward the seed that God gave you the way you were supposed to. All because you said this, you see somebody else's tree, but you didn't see it when it was still a seed, and now you're saying, that's what I want, and God says, I gave you something that's just as good, just as important. You just got to plant it and let it grow and let it flourish in your life, and you will see that it is a great and wonderful thing. And there are so many people that should have grown into these trees and should have gifts that grow into trees and different things that never grow because they threw it away because it wasn't what they were wanting for themselves. And I think many of us would find out that if we took the seed God gave us and just planted it and let it grow, we would come to find out it was more than we ever could have hoped for. That this seed was better anyway. So don't discard it because it's not what you were hoping it would be. 
The final thing we can do with the seed is what I hope we would all do with the seeds God's given us. And it's to sow the seed. It's to take what God has given us and begin to plant it in our life so that it can grow and be productive and multiplied and the branches can extend out and it can produce much fruit and that the birds will all come and find refuge in the branches of the kingdom of God because of the seed that you planted that God gave you. You see, this, this seed journey is not, excuse me, this, this seed journey, excuse me again, is not a journey of overnight growth. I, I'll never forget starting out in ministry. I, I had a heart and a desire. I felt the call to ministry. And so what did God do? Well, just what I told you. Gave me a seed to plant. Started out with just volunteering around the church. Stacking chairs, moving tables. Told the pastor, if you need me, call me. And he did, and I showed up. And I worked that ground where that seed was being planted. And I was happy doing it. Don't work the grounds with grumbling and complaining. God will not bless that attitude. And so later on, other seeds or other opportunities for growth were coming from that seed of ministry. And I was asked, hey, you know, we really need somebody to help teach the uh, high school Sunday school class. And at that point, Sunday school was not really a popular thing. You see it across many churches, and I'm like, okay, I'll do that, I guess. You know, I I really would love to share the word. That's something that's on my heart to do. And uh, so I started doing that. And we ended up with the biggest Sunday school class out of any of the groups, Showing up at 9 o'clock, teenagers showing up at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. That, if you don't know how teenagers function, that's just not something they do. And so I started with that. And they said, hey, you know, we would love to have you share in the youth group on a Wednesday night. So that opportunity showed up. We would love for you to be a youth leader in the youth group and be regularly here with us. And So I started doing that. Then the pastor came to me one day and said, hey, you know, we're, we really need an extra staff member here at the church and hired me. And, you know, in that moment, you know, you're, you're thinking, oh, microphone, more status, bigger responsibility. You know what I was given? A toilet brush and a custodial cart. I tell people one of my first pulpits ever was a toilet brush for a microphone and a custodial cart for a, a pulpit. And and that is not a job anybody wants to do. But I saw an opportunity to spend more time in the field where I was sowing seed. And so I did it. And as time went on, I did that for a few years. And finally some growth started to show when I got a phone call that said, hey, we're looking for a youth pastor here in Finley, Ohio. Would you send us a resume? So I sent the resume and stewarded that seed. 
And then five years later, we're here now today. It's amazing that a seed can turn into something so big. And there's no telling how much bigger the seed can grow. Because what I found out is that the Bible says we go from glory to glory and that he who began a good work in us will finish it until the day of Christ. In other words, it just keeps going and going until Jesus comes back and we're not on this earth anymore. But the problem is, is so many times we just leave the seed in storage We eat it for ourselves as a seed. We discard it. I could have said, I don't want to teach that Sunday school class. That's not what I want to do. That's not what God's called me to do. He's called me to preach from a pulpit on a Sunday morning. and So I'm not going to do that. That's not really what I'm supposed to be doing. That's the wrong seed. That's the... If you throw that away, what else are you throwing away? What I learned is I should have brought an apple with me today. I wish I would have grabbed one. I forgot to grab it on my way over here because I wanted to show you something with the apple. It's that if you cut an apple open, you can count the number of seeds in the apple. But you can't count the number of apples in a single seed. You never know what will be produced from that one seed that you've been holding on to in your life? Are you sowing seeds? And I want to leave you with this today. When we sow and we work, we do it generously. And I'm not just talking about, this This is not a financial thing message. This is not a tithing offering message. This is just a simple message of whatever God has given you in your life, sow it and be generous with it. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and it's talking about finances here. That's why I bring it up, but I want us to apply the principle to other areas of our life. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And I want you today to sow in a generous manner, to sow bountifully in whatever it is that you're sowing. Whatever it is that you're sowing. If you're sowing time, give as much as you can. If you're, and, I, and I, I'm not just even talking about within the church. There are other areas of your life that need work, that you've been praying for God to do something in, and he's given you a seed to plant in that area. He's given you a seed to plant in your family, and you need to sow and work that generously and bountifully. He's given you seed to plant and grow in your jobs and your marriages and your kids and whatever it is, and you need to work that generously and bountifully and sow to that bountifully because when you do, you will begin to see the benefits of that and you'll be able to reap bountifully and generously. So whatever it is that you're sowing, do it generously and bountifully. And watch what God will do because you never know 
and you will never be able to count the number of apples that will come from that seed, the amount of fruit that will grow in that field because you sowed the seed. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today?